Hello and welcome to the Demons Book Club, a weekly book club podcast where we talk about some Dungeons and Dragons and discuss how we might include them in our role-playing campaigns. Except, once again, we are not talking about D&D. No, 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 no. We're sort of shaking our heads. No, no, no. Uh, we'll be back again for part two of Plane Breaker stuff is Rob. Hello, Rob. Hello, you're right. I can't believe we're doing a part two. We never do a part two. I know we never do a part two. Uh, how have you been since we last uh, spoke to each other as heard you on the podcast? <laughs> Even though it's probably going to be like a week or something. Yeah, no, fine, fine. Roleplay wise, just literally, I think I mentioned it last time, but just to tip over, mm. we are still on Horror on the Orient Express and we are doing a little side quest in the uh, sack of Constantinople in the Fourth Crusade, which if you ever want to talk about content warnings, oh boy, <laughs> uh, look up that at your peril. Um, yeah. I'm not sure many people put war crimes as uh, content warnings, but there you go. Gosh. But yeah, wow. it's happening now. It's a small bit at the end of the last of the Venice section. It's a small side quest you can do if you want to. So we're doing that. And my character took an axe to the face in the first session. So, uh, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's a medieval period. He's fine. Do you know what? You don't need a face. You don't need a face. That's <laughs> that's a societal construct. Having a face. It's you know what the the horror on the Orient Express is. It's in my uh, to read list at mm. some point as well because it, it, there is so much to it. It's such yeah, a, a fast bit, and it's so it's such a cool thing, especially if you're because I don't know about yourself, and presumably you'll tell me otherwise. Again, I know we're going to talk about Playbreaker in a second, but like mm. with Call of Cthulhu, you're not supposed to last too long. So the fact to have a whole adventure based yeah. like going on this long long journey like i'm i'm on my second character mm. in the main story the first one got melted um <laughs> it basically the it says bring in redundancy plans so basically have people <laughs> along the way that you so my first character was an academic who was writing to a former student who met mm. the group off the train handily just after the academic was melted mm. um so you need to keep the story going but no i think we are of, a, of our group i think only one person from the original group that set out from London have made it to Austria. So how long have you been, if you don't mind me, how many sessions have you done of that particular? Um, We do it in batches of seasons, effectively. And each is about six, I would say, six or seven. So we've done 18 weeks, probably more like 21 weeks in reality. Um, Wow. Yeah, and we do some side quests. There's lots of little side bits you could do. Mm. So if you go to Paris, there's a whole bit where it goes, well, if you want, you can now run this whole other campaign which is set during the revolution we didn't do that because it gives a bit of spoilers for the main campaign oh. so if you want you can race through but also you can do off side quests as well so we're doing one as i say this constantinople bit not to do the main campaign but it gives you a bit you you have brand new characters totally unconnected you do a couple of sessions in medieval constantinople um, so that's what we're doing at the moment. That's so cool. Well, well I'm, go- I'm definitely going to have to talk to you about that at some point when you probably finished yes. and you can tell me about your experience <laughs> yeah. all the way through. Because uh, yeah, yeah it's, it sounds like, like that sort of thing with a Call of Cthulhu type system and vibes sounds mm. incredible. As I said, we're not talking about today. We're no. back for the Plane Breaker stuff. So I'm very excited. So yes. what are we focusing on today with Plane Breaker? We're going to cover some of the other bits. We, we talked about the Plane Breaker itself. We talked about the City of Timeborn and what's on the Plane Breaker. This time, we can talk about a bit more of the supplementary material. Mm-hmm. As a caveat, as we did last time, we're reading from the Cypher version. There is a 5e dedicated version of this. So anything that we talk about mechanic-wise, we probably won't. But if we touch on mechanic-wise, you don't even need to think, how would I adapt that into 5e? You literally just buy the 5e version of it. So mm-hmm. if it sounds good and you're a D&D player, 
this is already done for you. You can just literally buy the 5e version. So there's no adaption needed. And speaking of uh, Cypher System stuff, I don't know if you've seen or you you uh, heard. So Monty Cook have just released another Kickstarter mm. or something called the Magnus Archives, yeah. which is a horror podcast that I used to listen to back in the day and uh, has continued. It's a very, very, oh, it was incredibly popular at the time. And yet that is a Cypher only system. Yeah. I've never heard of that podcast, I have to say. It's a very cool concept, I would say. Again, one of those things where it's like, like, your mileage may vary, I guess. But the thing, what I thought was very cool about that concept was that essentially uh, it is somebody reading out statements of supernatural, paranormal stuff, and then stuff starts happening at the Institute. And the, these statements can vary between very modern day to mm-hmm. what I've just listened to, which is about Wilfred Owen and the war, talking about oh, okay. uh, the piper of the war and how seeing that creature of free faces across the battlefield court calling people to their deaths and all that sort of thing. So as we've sort of discussed before, Cypher System can be used for any kind of setting. So yes. whether it's like sort of a multiverse type thing like Path of the Plane Breaker or something as simple as like doing some like X-Files investigation in yeah. uh, London. It looks very X-Filesy to me. I think as well because of the setting is very, very popular. The fact that the Cypher System hasn't curtailed it or limited it in a way. And obviously I think yeah. it's appealing for other people because it is Monty Cook and it has a very good team behind it. So I think yeah. that's just, just to say to people as well, like, you, you know, each you can choose whatever system as well. I, but like the Cyber System is a really good system, which you have run for on my other podcast, What Am I Rolling, several times. We've had Vert, we've mm-hmm. had Numenera, yep. both very straightforward, easy to pick up, so you can go check out examples of Rob actually doing it on there. <laughs> yeah, and you'll be running uh, Old Gods of Appalachia soon, I imagine. As, yeah, same for you as well, I guess, once, yeah. you, once, you get, once you play through it yourself, yeah. Very popular, and you can blend so much together. But, yes, Plane Breaker, D&D, it's there. You don't need to adapt this, it's all here. So if we do mention anything mechanical-wise, don't worry about it, it is there. Mm-hmm. let's talk about character options because mm. this is quite a big thing this is probably where we're not going to, be able to talk i don't know how this is put in D because in cypher part of character creation is what's called your descriptor so normally it's an adjective but with the fantasy sort of versions of it you often put race into there or species sorry it has a whole thing of species descriptor so rather than just being a clever fighter you might want to be a dwarven fighter or yep. you might want to be a clever dwarven fighter. It's up to your group how you implement it. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan, for example, in a lot of fantasy games I play, I don't bother with species slash heritage slash race bonuses. I just say, if you're a fighter, you're a fighter. It doesn't matter if you're an elf or dwarf or orc. It doesn't, doesn't matter. That's yeah. actually, mechanically, yeah. I don't care. You're a fighter. That's the important yeah. thing to me. Agreed. Well, this gives you a couple of extra ones, which, again, I don't know how they're implemented into 5e. I'm sure it's just a race you can pick. I would think so, yeah. Yeah, base. They're very plane-specific. They're not plane-breaker-specific. They are plane-specific. Yeah. I'm just going to use the term species. I don't know what the current... I don't know if it's heritage or I don't know what... But I'm going to say species. Uh, I think because race is such a loaded term as well. Species, I think, has been accepted, certainly for, as you sort of said, for some cipher stuff, a heritage lineage as well. Uh, I think species is also going to be the one going forward for D&D in general. Right, let's stick to that for the moment then. The species they present here are travellers. Again, a bit of a loaded term in the UK, but Mm -hmm. travellers are basically people who are now kind of, they're not born on the plains, but they are basically now so imbued with planic power and law and knowledge they've kind of a species that have adapted to being on the planes mm. for as mind meldy as this would all be it's quite useful to have people who are kind of the way know what they're doing and they have a lot of skills based in navigation plane navigation and also are covered head to toe in a map 
like a yes. tattoo or Beautiful. anything it could be it could be it could be uh, a starification if you if you didn't mind that but mm. you are covered head to toe in a map and what the map represents doesn't really matter actually and will change and can change as you play it's just you are map covered and that as a species gives you a couple of abilities you can use it to light up the area around you always useful mm. if you're a traveler you can actually disappear into your map if you're in real trouble you can pop into yourself in a little plane a location for like a, a round and just be like shit, shit. hide hide yeah, yeah hide, the map, a, hide the map <laughs> yeah there's a level draining wraith out there so i'm gonna uh, <laughs> i'm gonna stay in here it's very thought of uh marauder's map from uh, that that shall not be named mm-hmm. uh, it gives you a chance to find things around you like it can just draw you towards a portal it's almost like a, an inbuilt waypoint system yeah. for gaming you can if you think about it you can, i really need to get out of here so i'm going to concentrate on an exit Mm. your map will light you the way the exit could be a volcano you know but it, it won't show tell you that but it gives you a hint but it's a hint system it's an inbuilt hint system is what i'm trying to say yeah and i think you're right it, this, this, the way it sort of describes using that the traveler thing is this idea of yearning for wanderlust like you grow up mm. thinking that you you know you'll suddenly realize that you're this is not where you're supposed to be and you if you could choose to stay on the plane that you want to be and it's okay you might be a little bit seen as a bit of bit of an odd member of the community perhaps the what i relate to it as in uh D and uh halflings they're said they're meant to be in communities they must stay mm-hmm. home they don't do adventures very much like the hobbit that doesn't do mm-hmm. adventures but some mm-hmm. of them will get something called like a it's either happy feet or like mm-hmm. uh dancing feet or, or or whatever it's basically they, they want to go somewhere and that's what i associate it with is that these people actually get they are destined to go beyond and do this traveling stuff so that's how i see it and yeah this idea of a map and like if you're on the route somewhere you can use uh like a, a bit on your maybe on your arm or forearm and it will show you the route like uh like a, a pit boy is what i was thinking of like you can yes, show you where to yeah. go on that front and it's yeah. what, what a cool flavorsome thing that you that yeah. you and you could have so many plot hooks as a result of that that you have to get somewhere you've you know uh, yeah. an npc who is a traveler has hired you to get them to somewhere and they they're the only ones that have the map and can understand the map and Absolutely. It, it totally makes sense and again I will say for all of this, and it's the same when we get to the the beastry as well. Mm. Every example of something has an image to just yes. use to as inspiration to be like, this is what it could look like. Because mm-hmm. this is the one thing I was going to say in quite a lot of D and D beasties and books I was looking just recently at uh, Big V uh, Glory of the Giants is that they don't have an image for every single entry right. now not saying that you need it but mm. here I was actually I was oh it was so helpful certainly when yeah. we're getting again I know we're jumping ahead of it but the creatures and stuff I was like oh that's what it looks like oh that's what it looks like and instantly I'm like that's really cool where sometimes it's like oh, I actually don't know what this creature looks like and then there'll be a couple of ones on, and it'll be a different creature because we've moved on to a different uh, entry yeah. so I like I so I really like the image of the the traveler that it uses mm. on page 170 three like it's yes. it's very iconic and very cool looking yeah. so i was like yeah really cool and you, you can see that sort of star map almost like gold inlay on their face almost like you know when you break porcelain or anything like that and you yes. use gold glue to put it together that's what it kind of reminds me of that's a really good uh good shout actually i can't remember it's japanese wear isn't it where they they, they mm. fix it with gold yeah and absolutely as you mentioned with the the avenger hooks what's quite nice in here is every species comes with and this is part of character generation in the Scythe system comes with a link to the starting adventure, which you can either pick, ignore, or roll on. And exactly as you said, you've convinced someone else in the group to take you on as a guide is mm-hmm. a great example. If you're starting a, a second campaign and the players have 
entered the planes for the first time and new players joined, this is a great one to have. They're going, welcome to the internet. I will be your guide, you know, kind of thing. So <laughs> you've got that or you think you're on your way somewhere dangerous. You're not sure. And you see these other like heavily armed travelers. You might go, I'm going to hang out with them actually. Let's go with them. Yeah. So that's the traveler. That's pretty cool. Next is, and I would say Chimera. That's what uh, I thought. That's what yeah. I thought you said, pronounce it as. Yeah. I would hard see it Chimera. I'm sure some people call it Shimmerin as well. I'm going to stick to Chimera. Mm. These are a species that are almost every species because they are a species that worked out how to become other species mm. through the ingestion of bits of other people. Grim, grim. Like, yeah, just like I it's like you, you wake up and your your party members holding up. You go, go back to sleep. I just yeah. <laughs> got a bit of your hair. It's like oh, eats yeah. it, and then it goes back to bed. And they wake up as you. You know, yeah. Oh. Someone's very keen on trimming your toenails for you. Good chance. <laughs> oh, um, and yeah, they basically have learned a way, magic, ritualism. But it's not actually that clear. In fact, it gives you a choice of. What, how this has happened to you yes um, one of which i love which is a nightmare where one day you're dreaming and you dream of trimming the hair of a dwarf when you wake up you've become a dwarf and you do you become another species which means mm-hmm. you drop all your traits or abilities that would be linked to that and gain the new ones and you mm-hmm. can do this while you play you know it might get to a point where you might be a bit like okay i don't need to change every time but it does mean you can go right we're going into a combat section of the campaign i'm going to find some orc bits and become an orc kind of thing yeah having a little popsicle before you go in absolutely exactly it's very weird <laughs> it's very weird again what i would translate it to uh if i was going off D standards is there is a, a lineage called changelings which does the yep. same thing that uh they still keep their stats per mm-hmm. se but their, their, their appearance they can change to be whoever they'd like to be i think it's still humanoid in some respect it's not like a alter yes. self or a spell or anything like that. what i do like and again it's very similar to the changelings uh, lineage mm-hmm. is that your facial features will remain the same so yeah. if you've got big eyes and then you change yeah. to something else you'll still have the big eyes so you still have that resemblance uh, throughout which makes me laugh because i'm thinking how are, are they like big anime eyes that you have yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> if you're an orc originally and then you become a halfling like what does that look like i like that i like that you remain as recognizably you yes. even though you change um, lineage. and what you don't gain is things like knowledge of cultures yes. and stuff you know just because you look like a dwarf and you've taken on the mantle of a dwarf you don't know how the dwarf grudge system works or mm-hmm. you can't speak dwarvish suddenly it's literally you gain the appearance and in some cases in cypher it's called um, stat bonuses uh you gain them but what you don't gain you don't suddenly are oh, i am a dwarf and i know all these things also incidentally you might forget what you originally were yeah it, it can happen that you just do this so much you forget you know, and, and and you might settle on something, and and that's a fun adventure hook of. Mm. I'm sure, I was an elf. I'm sure at one point I one was an point. elf. One point, who was it? Who was yeah. it? Yeah, and then you're eating different bits of hair. Going, no, it wasn't that one. No, and it wasn't, then... <laughs> yeah, and that's quite fun. It it sounds like a bit of a GM's nightmare of a character. And would be a terrible first character. I don't think yes. anyone should do this as a first character. Oh, absolutely oh, not. Boy. Yeah, I definitely see it as someone experienced and then having that conversation with the GM and yeah. just being very much like, because as I said, it's, it takes about 10 minutes to achieve it because you go unconscious as well. Yes. So it's not like you can like pop it in the middle of battle and be like, mm. all right, now I'm going to turn into a, mm-hmm. a, somebody who's big and strong. You just be like, you pop the, whatever piece of hair or toenail and you go, great. And then you fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and then 10 minutes later, you're like, oh, here I am. So it yeah. is definitely a, a prep 
slow process uh, one, yes. which I, I think you're right. I think it definitely feels more into the role play aspect of it. And, and yeah, I think it's, it is very cool. And you can really have some interesting times exploring, like, who are you? You know, yeah. do you remember, like you were saying, but, you know, and like, it, it, do you eventually settle? And what does that mean? You know, and do you meet other people who also do this as well? Do you rec yeah. yeah, how do you recognize people who are, are similarly, you know, chimeran? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's a very, yeah, interesting. I hadn't come across something like that, like other than the changeling sort of thing, but that mm. was definitely specific. And I will say it is kind of coded with the changeling that, oh, they're a bit of a loner. They don't know each other. They do, you know, they could live in communities, but they're also seen yeah. as a bit shifty because obviously they shift their appearance and it's like oh, okay you don't you don't have to have it like that but yeah yeah no. so I, it's a little bit different that one obviously the art is just a generic dwarf with a gun i think yeah. uh because it you could be anything so it's kind of there isn't a, a, a central concept presumably the blue hair is what would keep would keep going throughout that's the only thing yes. i thought yeah i imagine you got if you got if you pay for your anime hair you keep your anime hair. <laughs> you're like yes. no i've gone bald how will they know <laughs> that i'm super cyan <laughs> i know nothing about anime. i was gonna say that don't my, uh, yeah don't go that's my great black hole uh, it's not yeah. the, uh, the anime book club this is no. the dm's book club. so the last one is the weirdest one yep the incarnate spelt mm. with a k yeah for incarnate because it's like mortal Kombat or something yeah it's it sounds very cool it's <laughs> this <laughs> what is, is this? <laughs> you are the manifestation of an idea yeah <laughs> basically which is very interest b uh, yes. I'll listen to the interest b session we did on um what am mm. i rolling but basically you pick a concept so let's go for an easy one would be something like you are the concept of justice. That's quite an easy yes. one because everyone's got, right, you're a style of a dread, a paladin, a, okay, I can work that one out. You then are quite humanoid, I yeah. think. It, it, but again, I'm sure as long as you weren't like, actually, I'm a giant rabbit it would make sense mm. but out of your back and this is very anime from my very yeah. little knowledge of it is you have these giant floating glowing glyphs that like wings that you can't mm. use to fly it specifies that yeah, um, no. that, yeah <laughs> it looks cool but you can't do anything it's very final fantasy i think uh yes. these big things that just sort of hang out and they could they have powers they could they can attack they can overawe the enemy and stuff but basically you are that concept of justice mm. i don't think this would be a very fun one to play i think this yeah. would be an excellent npc mm. but basically it literally says the thing is you will be trying to get your concept into everything even if it fits or not and that would become so tiring for yourself yeah. for other players, players. because if your concept is something like death, then fucking hell. Like, no one wants to be around you because it's like, <laughs> all right, you don't need to kill everyone. Oh, no, you literally do need to kill everyone. Mm. Or the concept becomes so bizarre. Time. Time is a concept. Well, yeah. existing is time, isn't it? But... So what do you what what do you want to do? Just sit around? Is that yeah. your your? Yeah. I I don't know. I think incarnate is a, a good idea for an enemy or an NPC. I yeah. think as a player, I would strongly I would probably veto this in my games. To be honest, like, it no. comes with the idea of like you know my first paladin. I'm right and true and honourable. And yeah. oh, the rogue has stolen something. Well, they must die. You know, it it yeah. kind of can come across like that. I think yeah. I will say yeah. I'm very grateful for the uh, concepts that you can get on page one seven seven. So mm. yeah, one one being acceptance. <laughs> that yeah. sounds like that sounds like oh mindfulness is the other one. I thought yeah, that that's something that I would probably do. Yeah. I like acceptance because was there a 
was it Dave Gorman or so or Danny Wallace who did a whole thing where they just said yes to everything and that would be accepted. I think, I think that was Danny Wallace. Yeah, yeah, he's just going yes, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what was it? His for a full month or something, or for like six months, mm. he said yes to everything, and it led him to making new friends, going around the world, doing all sorts. Yeah. To the point where I believe there's a film called Yes Man or something like that with Jim, right. Jim Carrey in okay. it. Okay. I think I think that's what it's based on. Although I could have completely made it up. Sure, with the concept. I like that you've gone that far into yeah. making it up, though. That you you've cast it as well. The only thing I wanted to say with the incarnate is that mm. it starts out. It talks about like almost like their progression of like when they first start out. Uh, they are like precocious nine year olds possessing yeah. the knowledge of many things, but with no actual experience. You know what? For a one shot, I love that energy. But again, yes. it will be tiresome. Yeah, over several things until they get to a point where they do get older and mm. go past that first 10 years of it and then they realise and then they learn to maybe mature it a little bit perhaps mm. um, yeah. I would definitely be talking to my player but like what does this mean because again we don't want to be like uh, justice is these things it's like is what does it, it mean to you yeah. give, to be able to give just to give prompts to the players because sometimes they're yeah. like I have no fucking idea what it is yeah. so I think having that discussion with your players and I agree I wouldn't have it as your first one. No, I think yeah, Traveller out of these three options yes. seems the one that's easily accessible to. Yes. But then I can imagine like if you your second, third character trying out these other ones. And yeah, I think Incarnate could be a very interesting villain or maybe a yeah. mini boss to come across. Yeah. Or patron even, you know, someone if patron you were would be good, for, yeah. yeah, that'd be good. I think the energy I would play an Incarnate with is a fresher at university on Freshers <laughs> Week trying to convince everyone else that their degree is the best degree. That's oh the energy God. that I would come in with. And you're a fresher from a very small place and you come to a city. Mm. So you're, you've got that naivety and you're trying to convince everyone that, no, actually, everything's economics if you think about it. And you're being quite dull at the bar. That's the energy that I would play in Incarnate. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, well, philosophy, yeah, I can get a job with it, actually. <laughs> yeah, actually. Well, if you think even the concept of jobs is philosophical. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, oh, so... oh, did you did you go back in time and see me at the <laughs> at the union? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. So, yes, they're the three characters mm-hmm. in terms of species. Mm-hmm. How Swag System works, and again, I think this would probably be class actually in in D and D. I again don't know. Read read it yourself. Is you then every character has what's called a focus, and that basically is the closest thing to class. Mm. And these are very very specific to the planes in this yes. case because there is one is a person that prays to the multiverse, mm-hmm. uh, a person who channels the power of the multiverse, borrowing knowledge and abilities from the alternate selves and travels to other planes. That's great. Someone who literally worships this whole energy. They don't worship a god. They worship the concept of planes. Because, yeah, how mind-blowing would it be if we worked out, oh, this is just capitalist Earth. There's also communist Earth. There's also fascist Earth. There's also happy-go-lucky Earth. There's no human Earth. There's Earth that's (laughs) never existed. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. you, You know, like, you would go, oh, yeah, shit, okay, this all religion now seems weird. And I, this is an insane concept. So if, yes, if you knew there were other the owners around the place, what would your thoughts to being of dying here? Does it matter mm. anymore because you still exist elsewhere? So, yes, mm. this is a person that goes, of course, the multiverse is effectively God. Um, so that's this character and they mm. have various abilities. We're not going to go into them because a lot of them are mechanically yeah. tied to the cipher system, but they can create wormholes uh, divine cool. intervention learn from themselves which i really like that you're like 
you know who'd know about this? Rob from the realm of fire. Right. Rob from the realm of fire. How do you start a fire? You know, like, like and he was like, I'm just cooking. Could you yeah, give me Yeah, what really I'm making um, dinner? Send a Zoom link. Uh so that's Praise to the Multiverse. I think that'd be an excellent one. Yeah. A very specific one is Serves the Grove of Crows. Yeah. I'm gonna go into this because this is one of the planes that I want to talk about. But I, I, let me tell, let me tell you the, the image for it, creepy as fuck. I am oh. just like I would not be. Yeah, imagine that is the goth of the party, and you're oh like, "Oh my god, so goth!" It's like, yeah. "How are you, Sandra?" Cool, 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 cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, oh, good. Yeah, because they are masked. They have basically removed their face. We're going to talk about that later. They are the most Warhammer of all the races here. Yes. They are, in fact, uh, shout out to um, Hamilton, the uh, or the co-podcaster on this uh, podcast. They are very Necromunda, very mm. Warcry. There's literally two Warbands: Warcry, one worship crows, one remove their own faces in uh, supplication to their god this is very much them serves the, gr- the, the grove of crows is both the best and would be the most goth answer yep. if you wanted because you've just got crazy ass abilities all to do with eyes and masks and i mean your second level ability is tentacled crow familiar You've got a crow that's got a tentacle, and that's your familiar. It said in the thing as well, is that if you've already got a, uh, a familiar of some sort, the crow eats it. And I'm like, cool. Oh, no. Simon the, <laughs> okay. yeah, Simon yeah. the snail, no. Yeah. So that's that serves the grow of crows. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the stitch is shadow. Oh, very cool. A person whose shadow is replaced by that of a magical creature, granting them stealthy and clever abilities. I Yeah, I love that. You've basically mm. done a Peter Pan, you've lost your shadow, you've stitched on a shadow of something else and it can help you out. Not like ridiculously, it can't be like, also my dragon shadow yeah, is going to mess you yeah. up. Yeah, but it can help you, which is just cool. It can strike for you, it can go and have a look for you, it can be mm. stealthy for you, it can attack. It can, as you get more and more powerful, you can actually literally manifest it into being. Mm-hmm. So you can, when you're really powerful, be like, my my dragon shadow is is actually just a dragon now. It reminds me of I know we spoke off podcast about Doctor Who very briefly. If you've ever seen mm. the uh, the Silence in the Library episodes, uh-huh. where it's like uh, the Vashna Narada, yeah, basically bits of the trees that are now manifest as almost like uh, night piranhas, and you yes. can tell because they attach to you as a second shadow. That's that's yeah. what I was thinking this whole time. Going this, like, and again, the image is fabulous on oh, page uh, one one eighty, and I'm but I'm already yeah. going like, no, thank you. Again, I can imagine <laughs> this being a great boss battle. You're like, yeah. oh, you've not even seen my final form, and then suddenly the shadow has like several pincers come out. You go, yeah, yeah. oh no. Mistakes were made. You could have that moment where you're talking to a, a very benign NPC, and then you realise in the torchlight their shadow is like a man scorpion. And you're just like, oh no! It's like that um, episode one tr- uh, poster where it's Anakin and invaders his shadow. Yes, it's yeah. very much like that. Except that's very much like, oh, I'm about to be robbed by a shadow. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. why is this thief got six arms in their shadow? Because that's like what the picture is. Why is yeah, it like, a, like a like a a mat champ just ready to like pull you yeah. apart a Pokemon oh. essentially. Lame. Uh, shout out to Pokemon. Uh, and the last <laughs> one, the most obvious and easy one, is mm. Wheels Chaos Blade. You've got a mm. weapon that's basically the manifestation of chaos because that's a plane and planar energy yes. revolves around it. You've got a weapon. This is cool. This is my favorite. Don't do anything about this. Yeah, you've got a, a weapon, and the weapon is you, and it might give you wings. It might give you extreme mastery. It might corrupt you really badly, and then it takes over, and actually your soul is now contained within the weapon, and you become a magical item for a different campaign. Who knows? But it's cool because it's a big, cutty weapon, and that's what yeah. D&D's all about. 
no talking or cutting. And as you said, yeah, it's it's part of one of the planes that we're not going to look mm. at particularly, but again, it's the idea that a plane has been developed around items like this because they are so chaotic and sort of, and yeah, so it's instantly like a cool quest hook. If you're like, actually, I want to become someone that wields a chaos blade, then having that plane and sort of reading up on that would be really interesting. Maybe they already yes. went prior to this uh, to mm-hmm. this game before you met up with the other players. Maybe they had their own little interlude to go into the yeah. chaos blades plane and, and retrieve it or or do something for it and uh, all that yeah. sort of thing so yeah I, I quite like that as it's i i do enjoy it when it is specific to a plane because then you can mm. give it to that player like and then discuss with them like so this is what the sort of features the planes are and then really connect with them and give them something to bounce off because sometimes i yeah. find like you go oh i'm from Baldur's Gate or Waterdeep and you're like okay well here's a huge chapter to read about and you're like yeah mm, it's just the city and stuff whereas here with the planes obviously you can be anyone and anything but like like you said like serves the Grove of Crows you need to know what the hell the Grove of Crows is and the, the yes. detached one and all that sort of yeah. thing so, and you could have a solo adventure yeah. I think that's really fun that yes you have that bit to, you could go do you know what? you can look at this plane as a player I don't care if you know the secrets because actually you're going to be the authority on yes. that plane I think that's really fun I think that's really cool actually yeah I think you have a really cool party with a crow person a stitcher shadow and a chaos plane it'd be terrifying you just be like who are these three psychos just walking around the three amigos sort of walking yeah. into town you're like oh Oh God! So they're fun. They're fun ideas. Again, I don't know how they're implemented into Five E. You'd have to read the Five E version, but it's done there for you. If you think actually that does sound great, I want to do that in D anD D. You, it's already done for you. You don't even need to work out yourself. And I know we've not we've not covered it in massive detail, but yeah, each of their abilities they feel very flavorsome, very interesting, which is something that mm. I I do feel like some. I mean, obviously, they're going through this big sort of thing just now for the next edition of D&D, but sometimes it's like, it, I think it gets bed down in the mechanics of stuff, whereas, again, with the Cypher system, it's fairly straightforward. It's not too much extra to it. It's about the flavour of it comes yeah. first, and yeah. I really feel that with each of these uh, foci and and each of the um, species that it lists here. So, yeah, I think already I'm like, this. yeah, like you said, what a bunch of a-holes, you know, the galleys of the galaxy, they come into Plane Breaker, and then, and then uh, we'll see the Mantis, and you're like, you're not seeing the Mantis. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> No, have a shower first. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like them. I, I just like immediately. And if you don't want them as characters, as we've already mentioned, like species, cool NPCs. Yeah, I agree. Like a defaced crow person as a as an enemy wizard, great. Or a friendly wizard. Yeah, I was going to say you could. Eat, I mean, a new. I say new thing. I'm sure it's been around for a while, but something that people are harping on a little bit with certainly D and D adventures is that you have your adventurers have a rival adventurers who are attaining for the same yes. goal, mm-hmm. and they're just maybe a slightly better or slightly smugger, or maybe you're really good friends, but you're having to fight off against each other. So instantly, yeah. I can imagine like you have the same character. It, you do the uh, Shaun of the Dead version where you have you, yes. you meet the same characters, but they're slightly yeah. better or slightly weirder, yeah. and then you you can have a pair off sort of thing and 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 fight towards a common goal, which would be quite interesting and weirdly they level up at the exact same speed that you do that's weird huh weird, even huh? though they might be really really super competent <laughs> yeah that's weird game balance is an odd thing <laughs> so they're the player options they're there and actually that's just the ones contained in the main but if you bought the pdf or the hardback book you get them there are more and they are contained within a separate supplement which is all branded with the plane breaker and it's just called player options mm. one for cypher one for 5e it's got all that stuff in we've just said plus loads more and yeah. they say, look, there is repeated stuff in there because we just want it all to be in one place. Makes sense. But there is also a whole other stuff. So actually, even if you just think that bit sounds cool, I don't care about the plane break a bit, you could pick up the player options book and that will just give you all those character classes. And then you can turn up to a drop-in game at your friendly local gaming store and be like, actually, I'm picking my options from this book. 
pretty sure you should have read every single book as a GM and now I stitch shadows. Yeah, <laughs> you won't have heard of it, but have you heard of these things called shadows? Um, so yeah, if you want to confuse a GM who's just trying to put on a good game for you, they're just trying to, they're just giving up the weekend to do a good game, but there you go. If you want to ruin it, you can do that. Yeah, this book as well has a, a bestiary. And uh, again, as I've already sort of mentioned that each of these entries, some great flavor text. I know we're going to talk about Cypher System. We're not going to look at the mechanics too much, but each <laughs> of them have a cracking illustration. Yeah, And it's, and that's the thing, like I, I sort of said before, sometimes I really struggle to know what one is because sometimes, certainly in D&D books, it doesn't come with a proper description. It just describes mm-hmm. what they do, which yeah. is fine. But then for me, it's nice to have it because then I'll be like, okay, see if I can find a, a mini or an image I can show my players because then they can go, no, thank Thank you. Yeah. We need to destroy it. Or, you know, sometimes it doesn't come across what, you know, I certainly as me as a GM, I'm not the best at describing things. So, yeah, so we've got quite a few different kinds and it feels, you know, before we, we were sort of saying it before, this is a multiverse kind mm-hmm. of book. This feels very much like what what the hell could be could be there? And someone's yeah. gone to a big dartboard and gone, hmm, we want demon lords, but with more fire than you think possible. <laughs> yeah. We want princes, but we want them made out of uh, sand. Yes. Yeah. And they've just been putting these ideas together. And yeah, I, as a result, we've got some absolutely cracking entries as well. So is, yeah. there any, is there any that you'd pick out and be like, hey, you should check this out? There's a couple that I really like, and I did it by looking at the artwork. I yes. didn't look at their traits, I didn't look at their names. I went through, scrolled through, and went, that looks great or scary. Yeah. What is it? And the first one I'm going to pick up is the Avernus Observer, yes. um, which is on page 152, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is horrible. It, it's just it's <laughs> weird imp sort of creature with one massive... Imagine, imagine if beholders had one eye and legs that's kind of what imagine almost the humanoid version of a beholder mm-hmm. their motive is gathering information and corrupting mortals basically mm-hmm. they sit around they are the debate me bros of uh the plane breaker <laughs> universe they go they just sit and read and listen and mm-hmm. watch and then try and trick mortals into basically giving up information or their mm. souls they're very mistopheles demons from faustus yes. they're very like oh Definitely. you know if you hang out with me i can teach you all about crypto but it might cost you your soul you know <laughs> like, what a great plot hook you've just created that yeah this come yeah. at me bro type thing we go yeah but yeah. like soul crypto or something like that is like, oh yeah, it's, it's how i make my money you right, know if you, you know. want to get soul silver from the mantis i can tell you how to do that but, you know, you're going to have to trust me, trust the process, you know. like I can get you up to 10 times worth your investment. Yeah. You just have to sign your life away. Soul the... silver goes up. Oh. <laughs> but they're also very dangerous, very appalling. Uh, they can just blast you with horrible eye energies and send you into different dimensions or just confuse you. So they're not to be trifled with. You see one, they're bad news. Uh, mm-hmm. they will be a fun one to play as a as an NPC for a while before people get a hang on them and be like, oh, hang on, wait a second, what have we bargained? No, no, here? no. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're kind of cool. And the, the, the picture is adorable. It's just sort of sat there on a technical throne of itself. You know what that, that image reminds me of? It reminds me of, you know, when you, we talked about it last time, when you go into those shops that have sell the dragon statues, yeah. it, the eyes make me think of one of those dragon statues that's been left yeah. a bit of a long time. And you're like, oh, it doesn't have anywhere to go. And it's like... Ah. Right. It reminds me of um, Nibbler from Futurama. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Nibbler from... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Isn't it adorable? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so that's my first one. I'll do the next two pretty quickly. Yeah, please, please. Uh, mind Mold Wraith. Nope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just read it. A Mind Mold Wraith is a creature who was slain 
and then reanimated by a semi-intelligent kind of fungus called Mind Mold. This is fucking horrible. Yeah. This is horrible because this is real, because yes. there are literal funguses that zombify insects and stuff. And it's just awful. And the picture is disgusting. If you've got that phobia, that uh, try... I was literally about to say what the... Yeah, the I'm trying to look at what uh, it's called. Try, try, try... The one with lots of holes. Yeah, tripophobia or tripophobia, yeah. Do not look at the picture of this no. thing because its entire chest cavity is given away to like a, a hexagon, almost like a bee a hive beehive, style. Yeah. It's awful. And if you yeah. get these, you just... Like, it looks incredible. But yeah, I was like, oh boy, where's that yeah. content warning we'd look for? <laughs> <laughs> You'd kill this thing as characters and then go have a shower and burn all your equipment. <laughs> just go. And, and that's the thing. It would be really dangerous because, yeah, you smash it with your hammer and the spores go everywhere. And it's like, oh no! <laughs> like, we made a mistake. We hecked up badly. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 yeah. I would not be looking at honey the same way again after this thing. Because yeah, no. it, yeah, it basically takes over, zombifies, humanoids, etc. But yeah, it's almost like, certainly with this image, like uh, almost like a honeycomb sort of motif going throughout. So yeah, I can imagine yeah. that you, again, at the end of a corridor, you see someone shuffling around. Oh, are you hurt? Doesn't yeah. say anything, comes close to a question. You're like, oh, something's not right. Uh, mm. Get out of the way, uh, good sir. And then it's... Yeah. yeah, and it takes ages. So actually, people live with it for a while. It's horrible. Oh. It's very. It's actually very, very dark. It could be an incredibly dark storyline. You could world of darkness. This where yes. someone you think has just a degenerative disease. Actually, they've got a psionic fungus in them, which is a whole load of content warnings in itself. But um, yeah, mm -hmm. my more brave. Not great. I mean, yeah. it's great, but not great. Don't fight them. Run away. It looks very, very cool. But then your third one that you picked, I was like, oh, gross as well. What's <laughs> wrong with I you? Because really I'm a goth. Uh, a refuse revenant, which is fantastic, which is refuse remnants form when someone drowns in a sewer, is smashed under an avalanche of garbage, or dies from some other rubbish-related accident that leaves behind a victim's remains intermixed with the waste responsible for killing them. Basically, they're so annoyed about dying in that way that they've come back from the dead. Rubbish. Like, like, oh my God, why did I drown in dung? And now yeah. they come back half skeleton, half dung to yeah. kill other people because they're just so annoyed. I, I Sometimes... I know there's a big move away from this race is evil, this heritage is evil, etc. Mm -hmm. I sometimes I want it straightforward. No, these guys are just angry. These guys, every yes. refuse remnant, the thing that powers them is their hatred and fury yeah. towards everything living because they died in such a literal shitty way. Yeah, uh, that kind of makes me laugh actually. Yeah, and and again, the image for it looks so amazing. The skeleton covered in rubbish, like and slime as well. That's, yeah. I I can imagine again. You're walking past the tip. Everyone keeps throwing stuff out at it, and then suddenly leaping out of the darkness is this horrible sort of thing. And you're like, this is just grim. And then there's loads of them, so you can have a proper invasion from the sewers, all that sort mm. of thing. Where we talked before about the pink and their sort of dodgy dealings. Maybe uh, if you didn't want to go down the sort of dodgy dealings of the uh, enforced uh, slavery or conscription route you could just be like the bodies are dumped in the sewer and yeah. then they come back and, and they're like day. yeah and it's like oh so final orders you know like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a very terrifying film called j'accuse from 1919 this is how much of a hipster i am yeah and the dead of the first world war get up and come back to basically accuse you know the people that sent them to their deaths Fuck. which is a terrifying imagery in black and white and you know they used a lot of veterans from the war and stuff and it would be like that. You could, if you wanted to not play, as you say, the, the sort of the, the, the sillier element of it, imagine if a mass grave of people murdered in a war 
and dumped into slime, you know, into a pit, into a moss bog, came back as a story hook. That would just be yeah. like, oh my god, this would be awful, you know. So yeah, that they they could be played for laughs. You could kind of have that guy died with a bucket on his head, and he's forever stuck with a bucket <laughs> on his head. Or you could have a terrifying, you know, absolutely awful stuff. The two I picked uh, were uh, the path mine because I thought a lot of this is obviously based in sort of like the plane breaker, like the city, sorry, the city of Timeborn itself, and on the planes and stuff. But this is something that's on the actual path towards mm. the plane breaker, and it's just basically I just love this idea of I think because we always talk about swarms uh, mm. being like oh they're a bit of a nuisance and they're just they're minions to help with the big boss that's coming out. Mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. idea these mites they are like an invasive creature that you know can infest hundreds of different sort of dimensions and the path itself. So when they're not moving they sort of resemble flattened boulders and I was like how big are these creatures? <laughs> like, yeah yeah. Um so I feel like you they could be super super big or they could be super super tiny depending on like yeah. if they're just all like a one plate and then they all peel off. And mm-hmm. they yeah I mean they look like a really horrible sort of like uh, a mix between a dung beetle and like a mm. something with a, a, a huge sort of uh, a horned beetle sort of thing. Yeah, but they look grim and there's like almost like tentacles as well on the like some sort of the, uh, on their antennas and stuff. And it's just yes. yeah, I just feel like it, like especially with the undertow effect that you have going along the path, it could be quite difficult to stop and fight them when you're being pulled along, and they're just going to keep up with you because they can fly. So yeah. I just thought that was a, it was a different way of looking at it. Like, oh yes, because you're gonna you know you might. Have other sort of encounters along the path, but I thought this is like a, a maybe a typical thing. You're like, hey, you gotta be careful. Take some book spray with you because these creatures yeah, are yeah. ricking everywhere. And the kind of thing you see a couple at first, and you're like, oh, okay, you know, watch out for these things. But actually, they when they swarm, they swarm, and you yes. are in trouble. Exactly, exactly that. And then the other one that I picked up, yes. uh, I sort of mentioned it briefly before, this Prince of Dust idea, because again, yes. the image of it is so cool. You can see it looks like a humanoid figure with a crown on and a little bit of a, a little bit of necklace, a bit of jewellery on, mm-hmm. but it looks like they are sand falling away. So I think that's just an incredible image. But yeah, we talked about it a little bit. I think a lot of the planes, so when we talk about it, the sort of planes they talk about exploring stuff are very related to evil planes. So like planes yes. of like uh, hell, uh, the abyss, all that sort of, all that, all the good stuff, essentially. <laughs> All the good bits. stuff. Uh, and here is one from like the elemental planes. This idea that you know the air and earth sort of merging together, and the, this chaos element we've talk, sort of talked about. This sort of comes and it extends their influence, and this idea that's a claim of nobility. So mm. it's it has this almost like rather than this this chaotic something, there is like almost like a sentient. A being there that says I am a prince and I deserve respect and just I just think that's just such a cool idea yeah. as a villain as a as a creature that you might have to go to one of these planes and then suddenly mm. have to discuss with like have a conversation even though you have like I don't think there is nobles here uh- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or again it could be a good patron or quest giver that this Absolutely. prince is like I've lost it you know all this, you go find this for me bring, bring me back you know my mm. realms or whatever there'd be a fun NPC I think the bestiary as a as a idea does suffer from people think, seeing them as enemies when actually mm. it's just another whole lot of NPCs you could be playing with. It would be really cool to have that. Like the Prince of Dust, I think, would make a really interesting character. It's a very Troika character, actually. That's what I was thinking as well. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and again, it also has this idea of rivalry as well because there could be several Princes of Dust yeah. and they're all working to come and go, but then their jealous rivalry with each other overtakes. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's your political intrigue right there, exactly. isn't it? Exactly, you know? yeah. exactly. Like you said, there's definitely some very cool different things. And I think yeah, you're absolutely right that they're not just uh, enemies to fight. Hmm. They are people that you could work with NPCs that might turn up at Timeborn, like going, I have a quest. And you're like, what the fuck is going what on? Are you, are you all right, mate? 
Are you all right? Some of them definitely are enemies. You're not going to hang out with a refuse rent. Um, you never know. You never oh. know. Oh, Gary. Um, oh, oh, Gary. You could have a very immoral necromancer in your party who kills people in terrible ways and brings them back as refuse revenants. Grim. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really grim. Oh, and I, we should say, like the character options, uh, there is a separate bestiary available, which, again, folds in the creatures from this one, but also adds new ones. So, you know, your, your mileage may vary with that if you think that's worth it or not. I think... Probably so. Yeah, I think so. Like, you, like yeah. there's just a little taste to hear. You're like, oh, there's some mm-hmm. really interesting ones here. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what else there is in that uh, final sort of uh, other book option. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and the other thing I was going to say is there is very, very separately as a last final uh, product available, a deck of uh, salvage from the Sea of uh, oh, Uncertainty cool. that we mentioned last time, which there are tables, but Monty Cook loves producing decks of cards so you can just go what do we find shuffle 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 you find yeah the the hand of vector i think was the joke we made last time <laughs> but yeah it's all stuff in there so that's a fun little thing so if you want the whole collection it's a core book a bestiary a player options and a card deck nice right so we should probably talk about because the vast majority of this book yes. are planes and planar locations uh mm-hmm. there are some that are Entire planes to themselves, uh, but a lot more are planar locations that you can drop into any and other planes, or some are very set in certain planes. Yes. This is something I didn't like about the book. There are a couple mm. of locations that I picked up that I was like, that sounds cool. And it said, this is on Shadowfell. Yes. And I was like, what's a Shadowfell? Like, because that's mm. not explained in this book. And actually, that's quite rare because everything is interlinked in this. Anytime it says there is a dwarf, and it will show you go to that page for a dwarf. It didn't mention Shadowfell, so I, I, let, I had to Google it. And it's a D&D thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's a plane in D&D. It's the plane yes. of shadows, right? There's quite a lot of planes that are inspired by a, some D&D laws. So I, I saw Alcaron, right. Avernus. One thing I picked up on is that quite a lot of these plane locations were evil or really horrible, mm-hmm. which is fine. No problem with that. But the other places on the Great Wheel, there are some really nice places, but niceness turned up to the 10th level. So it feels like a lot of these places that you're going to go, it's going to be combat, for example. There's not going to yeah. be as much social intrigue or social encounters, perhaps. Or yeah. it's it's so weird that you don't know if you're going to come back alive from it. And I don't mind that, but it would be nice to have a variety because quite a lot of these, like, they're all very cool different you know, things, like what mm. you've picked out in terms of planes and what I've picked out. I think they're very cool. I've got a really interesting idea. But at the same time, it's not like, oh, we should, we're going to go there and have, you know, it's going to be like a fun thing with a hook. It's definitely going, you might not come back from this. Uh, best yeah. of luck. You know, it's, it's, you don't go there willingly, I feel like. No, I think for a lot of these. But there's also some quite interesting ways to manipulate that. Like mm-hmm. the, the, there's a lot of, they could be quest locations. They could be the end point of quests, I think, quite easily. Uh, but a lot could also be the starting points of quests in Absolutely. a lot of ways. Yeah. I've picked out a couple. Shall, shall I go first? Yeah. So just just to clarify, so we've got yeah. twenty planar locations. So there's loads, like fully briefed out. Each of them about roughly five pages with a lot of stuff in for each mm-hmm. one. And then you have, as you were saying, these additional planar locations. Another twenty or so, which are like quick little flavors and paragraphs, mm-hmm. which are also fairly interesting. I think if you're yeah. reading this, you wouldn't have to read the whole list to play a game of Plane Breaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's definitely enough in there to go. Oh, what can we do with this and and go from yes. there? So yeah, I, that's that's the only thing I was going to say is that you know, there's actually quite a lot yeah. here. Uh, so yeah, so what did you pick out? Yeah, so I picked out um, Ethergard, which I think is how you'd say it. That's how I would say it. It's not a plane itself. It's actually a giant city 
yep. on the back of a monster, or it's a monster called Ifegard with a city on its back. No one's mm-hmm. quite sure. And this giant thing, and again, some beautiful art for it on page 49, actually travels the, the sort of border planes, and you'll find it coming in, and almost like the plane breaker itself. It manifests in and out of planes, sometimes very physically, so it smashes the area up around it, sometimes mm-hmm. just appearing almost as a mirage. Mm-hmm. And it is huge. The city is this massive Gormenghat-style tower upon tower thing on its back. If you can climb up to it or fly up to it, you uh, get to its gates. In front of the gates is a talking sword, a sword in the stone that that chats to you. And as long as you behave yourself, you'll be fine. Don't (laughs) annoy the the sword. No spoilers, (laughs) but it's kind of important. (laughs) And what the real quest hook for this location of Ifegard is this city's basically deserted except in it there lives a night hag, well, a, a, a coven of night hags yes. uh, who are actually good. They're, they're reformed. They they have reformed themselves and are trying to cast good across... across you're pulling a face there, Fiona. Uh, no, that's, no. <laughs> I've, I've been at the wrong end of too many hags. <laughs> and um, I, I, yeah. uh, I press X to doubt on this. <laughs> okay, okay. You killed her! Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they um, they have reformed themselves, and they're now trying to cross the realms on Ifegard, spreading good and actually sort of almost... Not, not granting wishes, but doing their best to help out. Mm. Again... You could play that as, yeah, absolutely they are. Or you could play that in the Fiona way of, no, they, they want something. There's definitely I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There. They're living on the back of a horrific creature that is tearing up the countryside. I'm like, oh, sorry, we'll send us a bill, it'll be fine. Yeah. Only you think it's horrific. That's <laughs> But again, if you've watched uh, or, or read even the sort of Mortal Engines mm. uh, series of books, that's the sort of image I'm sort of getting, yeah. except instead of like a huge big tank with the capitals of London on it, uh, it is more. Uh, like an actual creature which uh, again a cracking image of it mm. it's a great image to have to say you look you come over the hill and you go oh god it's oh a, my it's god a, yeah. it's a monster <laughs> yeah you hear this rumbling there are like encounter tables so a lot of these what they do is they give you so generic this is what this location is like here's some encounters you can roll on and then here's one specific element that you might want to drill down onto in this case it gives you a little map of the coven's lair and stat blocks for them um so you could i mean you could just not engage with them you could just go around this big abandoned city of Ifegard, see if there's any way you can control it because there is a way you can actually summon it you need a certain magical item uh or my items or you know magics but you can sort of direct this creature otherwise it just sort of almost wanders at random or depending what the night hags are up to at the moment but that's just a fun it'd be a good neutral location that i think it'd be a good starting point or an end point for an adventure uh, let me tell you one of mine. Yes, you go for you. I'll go for me. So I'm going to go shift on a little bit, but not too much. I'm going to go to the plane of mirror and shadow, where uh, essentially this idea that, uh, like you were sort of talking about before, about there are people like you on different planes and and uh, similar to you, but not similar to you. And this is a way to access sort of almost a nexus in between them. And it's this idea that you, you know, any mirror could be mm. a, a portal into this plane. And as you, when you eventually go in, you are that sort of the tether, the person that, you know, if you're going in as a group, you're the sort of person in it. So you have to all go in as a group, so you're all going to hold hands uh, or you're all going to get separated. Yeah, yeah. And then as you go in, it's what I imagine it to be is like uh, the image itself, like 
it looks fleshy. I think it's cloud. I think it's supposed to be okay. like a, I wasn't 100% sure because maybe I'm just too like, oh, this is a horrible place. But each yeah. of these sort of other portals are different mirrors into seeing your other selves in this place. And so maybe there is only something in these other particular planes that, that you have yeah. access to. And like you said before, maybe we should ask Rob from the Realm of Fire um, his expertise or something. Yeah. However, what I love about this is that it brings us this idea of the law of self-cancellation, uh, which you have to roll for. You can't be two people in the same point, you know, because if yes. you fail that check, you are overcome with the fact that you have to kill them because it's so unnatural. You have to go kill the other selves. Yes. I think that's great. Anything like that, which is like, it's because it's dangerous to meet yourself. We have we've talked about this with Doctor Who, this idea of like paradoxes and time loops, etc. So the idea that you have to do maybe sneak missions into your other alter self's planes yeah. and not ever meet. But then maybe later on you discover your alter selves have also been trying to sneak into your plane yeah. and try and get something. So I just thought, again, as an idea, it's very cool. So yeah, ultimately it's just a massive corridor, this plane, uh, which goes on forever. And it's just this idea of just having these windows or portals out into different things. And I just thought, again, it's a very simple idea, very, very short, I think, personally. Mm -hmm. And there's other bits and people in here talking about like these ideas called of the shivers, which are mindless entities that are sort of made from the leftover magic of the, the person who created mm -hmm. this plane as a which has a very interesting little story as well like how they made it etc so i'd recommend checking that out but it's such a small idea that i think you can either just take up that sort of that brief description of it yeah. and plug it in as a plot hook and just everything about that i just like yeah perfect love it i think it'd be a really fun um con game to run with multiple groups mm -hmm. where everyone plays the same characters each of them in a different thing and then you you see how it plays out it's like um back to the future part two where he's trying to stop you know future biff from changing the future and you're he you can never be on screen at the same time because there's only <laughs> one michael j fox <laughs> that you could do that and maybe a really fun almost con game or a one-off in your campaign yeah. of you all you're all playing these sneaky sneaks who are sneaking around and then once all the games are finished I'll put it together as one story and see how it worked out kind of thing. I know people do sometimes game reports about uh, reporting back mm -hmm. to the GMs. That'd be a really cool one for like, you can send it around to players. So I said, so this is what happened at the end. And then there's yeah. people, those people out there going, what the fuck was happening? And then you yeah, go back to the yeah, beginning yeah. and stuff like that. I think my only thing was that you'd make, you'd, you'd be like, okay, we're only running this game four times so that I yes. can keep track. So I can imagine be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. what the fuck, it, the further along it goes. But it could be something that you, like you were saying, like you could continue it over different cons, perhaps. Like yeah. this, this cycle keeps going and going yeah, and going. It's just this recursion that is happening over and over again with the same, and just see how it works out. Very cool. No, I love that idea. Right. My next one. <laughs> yeah. Me. You, you talked long enough, me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Grove of Crows. And Whoa. this is a shout back to the uh, character option of serving the Grove of Crows. This is the most goth Tim mm. Burton style plane. It's actually, I think it is part of Shadowfell again. It, it's yes. an aberration birthed from Shadowfell. So whether it's yes. still exists within Shadowfell or it's its own pocket plane up to you it's not real it's not a real world you can do what you want um and this is a plane which is dominated by I mean crows there's very much a crow feel so that horrible medieval image this is where you put on your dungeon synth music and you you, you <laughs> plot a whole adventure here big shouts dungeon synth it's all those tropes of a ruined castle is one of the main locations and this great forest that just goes on full of these trees which have people's faces built into them and really? some of which are no, alive people yeah. are screaming some people are just shocked in to horror there's a small encampment of you'll you'll encounter a 
uh, an NPC yes. who has made their own way onto the plane and has got a bit stuck and needs help, but is very much their own worst enemy yep. for that help. Um, but they live in this horrible little ruined castle outside this forest, and deep within the forest is the centre of power, really. There is just this thing in there. It's known as the desolate one. And this is the god, the progenitor, the, the being that those people that remove their faces and put masks on worship. And the reason that a lot of people have removed their faces is because they didn't have a choice and their faces are now on the trees in the forest yeah. and it's really gross. It's a horrible play in this one uh, because we should also point out that the crows, like I mentioned earlier, are like gross tentacle flying things. We'd like imagine, imagine a, t- a squid, but it says instead of on the tentacles of suckers, it's beaks of crows, mm-hmm. which is just terrible. Well, why would you do that? Why? <laughs> why? This is the Grove of Crows, which is great and really metal. As you said, to put it out, there's also this optional rule as well with this manifestations where, you know, if you fail uh, to resist its strange magic, yeah, you could also, you know, you go from anywhere between sort of memory loss, that seems to be the main sort of effect, to mm. Uh, blindness again because he comes across with those masks that we sort of talked about before if you put on mm-hmm. if you become defacer yeah a defacer whoa what a name yeah. you have to wear the mask at all times because if you take it off you are blind mm-hmm. and then that final one is yeah face feth and then they've got a, cr- a cracking image uh, on page 54 where you it's got these trees with the faces in sort of like uh, indicated in sort of the uh negative space between the branches and the twigs and stuff and it's just mm-hmm. incredible but yeah face theft the character is affected by a ray's face whilst this manifestation persists somewhere in the forest of lost faces their face becomes visible so that's just grim right yeah. it's, it's, cool. it's it feels very much like the idiot's lantern i keep going back to doctor who but the idiot's you lantern do, you, where... love, you love doctor who i do love doctor who it's it's quite they're clearly like quite a, a david tennant era clearly yeah. uh, so i keep talking about it but yeah because yeah, they obviously lost all their faces up and they were trapped within television screens yeah with that because obviously they didn't speak or anything like that, but they clearly were in distress i think that's what you'd add here is that as yeah. the wind goes through the trees it looks like the faces are screaming or yes. uh, or, or uh, screaming for help or something yeah yeah there comes a point where it does say that there'll be a point where a voice whispers to one of the characters uh, at some point while the pcs are interacting with a tree a face whispers to one character watch out for someone he betrayed us that's why i'm here Whoa, so yeah no. there's, there's little bits in there so i really like this one this is yeah. very warhammer very uh a just sigmar old world uh, very goth so yeah grover crows that's mine that's my number two i love it yeah i think yeah there's so much you can play with this one as well and yeah. getting lost and all that sort of thing my next one is equally grim <laughs> yes is sanguine is the one i picked next oh yeah which has got a great name. This is going to be fine. So I will read out a little bit uh, at the beginning. So excited by stories of living Deming planes and intelligent worlds, Lucy Morifel spent years trying to track down hints of a transitive dimension known as the blood space. <laughs> Lucy is sort of a traveller. We talked about this, that she found this map on her skin and was trying to find this place. And essentially, uh, the description of it is basically if, as if you'd gone, if you also, oh. Inner space, are you thinking of? No, I'm thinking of a yeah. film where you go inside the human body. Inner space. Is that what it's called? I'm in a little say, submarine. In yeah. a little submarine. That, yeah, yeah. Wow, we were so on the, we were all, so on the same level that you know what I meant, even though I didn't know the title <laughs> of it. Incredible. Yes, yeah, so in a space, so this idea that you get sucked. It, it feels like you are in a huge bloodstream with these horrible sort of alien-like creatures like uh, swimming in it, which are supposed to be almost like uh, white blood cells esque. And mm. yeah, you can breathe in this space. You're not uh, again. It's like a, some sort of fluid liquid, but anyone can breathe in it, and it's just grim. I can be honest. <laughs> I, I don't know why. 
why you'd go here. It's, but it's they... horrible. I hate it. I hate it so much. Blood makes me feel very funny. So I don't like it. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. I, no, absolutely. It is definitely one of those things where you have to be like, ah, oh, let's have a session zero about this. But there's also this thing at the center of it called the stoma. Uh, the soma. Sorry. I, I called it a stoma. It's not a stoma. Stop. It's not a stoma. <laughs> a stoma. Which is basically, it's a mass of nerve tissues and its <sighs> secrets even still are hidden from Luce, who is now here. And it's like sort of interested in why you, how did you get here? Because it took us so long to get in. Yeah. So this idea, again, it's very similar, like a guardian of this place is like sort of following you about going like, why are you here? And if you know something about the Soma, then they're going to they're gonna want to know what you're doing here. And it's just, there's a theory, she theorizes that it's some sort of um, sleeping universal mind that she wishes to wake an imprint on it and obviously claim yes. it as her own. So again, you're like, this is not going to end well for you because this feels no. like, as you said, it, it feels like the human body. And as soon as it wakes up and sees that you're uh, evading thoughts, it's like, okay, uh, we're going to attack you with all of the yeah, everything like, around you. Basically white blood cells coming yeah. at you and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's words here, you know, I thought I'll just read out, you know, like skin <laughs> harvesting, you know, fruit bearing science, you know, you're like, these all sound terrible things. Of course, there'd be a plane that is very body like body horror like, mm. but it's not. But we're actually, oh god, we're actually inside. I, again, I've not really thought, thought of that before. So I think, yeah. again, such as zero as a sign. If someone goes, I don't really like blood, and you're like, how do you feel about <laughs> a yeah, plane uh, made of blood? <laughs> yeah, being in some veins as corridors, like exactly. yeah. I love books like this because they just spark off something. Because you can go, okay, I don't like that one, but I like the Grove of Crows. Or you can even go. I do like that idea, but what if we were in a creature not made of blood? What if we were in a creature made of crystal or something? Yes. I think you can do a lot with that. I think this is a good... I think if I was to recommend this book in general, it actually wouldn't be for the main setting. It would be for all these little settings where mm. you go, that's cool, that's cool, that's a magical idea I've not thought of before, or I thought yeah. of it, but someone's now written it down for me. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So sanguine, a dimension of blood connecting all living things which very few have found entry to. So that's what it is. And then, yeah, these creatures are very much like blood cells. So yeah, you can have a whole lot of fun with gross. working out stuff. Yeah, gross, gross. gross. Yeah. Next, next. Yeah. Uh, mine's another Shadowfell one, which yeah. I really should... Is there a big book on Shadowfell I can read? I think people, I think people just really love Shadowfell. But people love Shadowfell. It turns out Goths and uh, D&D have a crossover. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? And it's called The Tomb of Tomorrow. Do, 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 do. Uh, yeah, 100% <laughs> uh, 50s pulp sci-fi. It's Tomb of Tomorrow. This is a planar location, as mentioned, sort of within Shadowfell. It's in a, a mountain range, and it's, it is basically one graveyard, a massive yeah. graveyard in which, kind of like... The the crow one, someone's managed to get themselves not lost in it, but a wizard has gone ahead, gone, there's a cool sarcophagus in the centre that I need to open, and they've gone ahead to do that, and they're not sure what's in it, no one's sure what's in it, they might get your help to do it, or this again, Avenger Hook might be, go stop this guy doing this. Like, you know, it might be some man in a blue box turns up and says, if he opens that, it's all going to go, it's all going to go to pot, so we need to yep. stop that. Or the man in the blue box or the woman in the blue box might say, actually, we need to open that because that contains the key. So it's a giant graveyard. It's just cool because it mixes in the undead. It's got whole encounter tables for what you find in there. There's ghosts from the future, which I love as a concept. Yeah. I love the idea of a ghost could be seeing a shade of the future, which is a very red dwarf thing where yes. you see yourself pass through a wall, but that's not going to happen for, for another 10 years kind of thing. So it's got that. It's undead playing with time. It doesn't have to be mm. the shades and the relics and the remnants of the past. It could be the future. If you saw yourself as a refuse remnant, you'd be like, what happens to me? 
Why yeah. am I suddenly, or you see yourself as a zombie with one arm, you might be like, oh, hang on, when do I lose an arm? Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot you can play with here. There are time skips in it. Uh, the time can accelerate. It can go slow. You can play a lot with it. It is A and Graveyard, but there's a lot you can play with. Yeah. And there is something in the sarcophagus. What they've put in the sarcophagus, I don't think is very interesting. I no, think I agree with a that. a lot more with that. But also, there's the whole time element of the sarcophagus itself. Is it a time anomaly within itself? But to put something better in, it's quite a boring thing in there. But the wizard, the saviour of the five faces, as he's known, that's an interesting NPC, interesting enemy, interesting patron. Again, Mm -hmm. someone who might ask you to open the the sarcophagus for you. Yeah, and I really love the time states table that you said that you're skipping, slow, standard, fast or accelerated. So yeah, you can have all those. I know I'm going instantly to now to Indiana Jones style of like Mm -hmm. uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, the Last Crusade where people just age, you know, an an NPC or an enemy ages suddenly very, very quickly because they've made a fail or something like that. And just realizing that this is bad. So yeah, I completely agree. This idea of like, we yeah we always think about crypts and graves and stuff like looking in the past and like oh they left all these things here and all these puzzles and stuff and then yeah adding that future element to it is just so interesting and different yeah, yeah. it throws in a lot of things and you might find something very cool that like future technology kind of thing so yeah an easy an easy way to get yeah like a magic item to your players and you're like i don't know what it does yet uh yeah. give me two sessions and i'll tell you but yeah they'd be like figuring it out so maybe they can uh, ascribe something to it and yeah like you were going as you were saying like do I become that? Maybe again, time, timey wimey, all, all, all the same. Yeah. But like getting the players to think, like, are you setting them down a path? Like, I've done it with Curse of Strahd, yeah. but I've already told them that one of them was going to betray the others. And they're right, all going, right. like, what? And yeah, they've yeah. not played anything with it. But as soon as that person does something wrong, I'm going to be like, I was here the whole time. <laughs> I mean, but also, you know, there's more than one of you because yes. of all these planar locations. So maybe mm. that one that you see isn't you. It's the one from another world that dies ah. horribly. And you've got a whole, you know, you can you can quickly mix in different ideas and different fates very easily. There is no fate but what we make. The final one I've picked, I decided to go for one that wasn't doom and gloom or horrible. Oh. Oh. Uh, per se, again, I'll, I'll be honest, I've not read it fully. So there could be an evil thing at the end that I've not yeah, missed. Sure. But Unithon, the geometrical mm-hmm. plane, Basically, what I would call, I would subtitle this as Minecraft, because uh, essentially, <laughs> uh, it is like it is exactly the same. You know, as the material plane. You know, it looks very much like you know, you got your mountains, you got your green grass, you got your desert, all that sort of thing. However, everything is made out of uh, simple shapes like spheres, pyramids, cubes, etc. This idea that you know pieces are broken down as soon as you cut something, like say you've got a squirrel, which is like a a sphere shape. As soon as you cut it, it's going to be into two smaller spheres, but it's a dead squirrel. Yeah, very Minecraft. And the image of it on page one hundred and thirteen is cracking. It talks about yeah, you eventually do turn into like mm-hmm. your you know you turn into Minecraft Steve. You know you your face becomes a cube with your features on it. You know it yeah. it just slowly this sort of yeah unithorns. Uh, transformation in a day or two so you shouldn't stay here too long and that's what i like about all the planes and we've done this with travel book club is that if you stay too long on a plane the plane's morality uh or alignment even affects you the character in different ways and i just thought this again it's a nice physical thing where as far as i'm aware it's just weird uh, like adventurers and the the people who are here the sapient species uh, of called latons and they're just cubes 
with yeah. stuff on their backs. Yes. They communicate telepathically. They, it feels very much like something you'd see out of Star Trek. Yes. Maybe maybe you want to make them like a Borg type character. I don't know. Yeah. But I just I just felt like there's just so much here that isn't necessarily like instantly I go, well, this is a bad place to be. I think mm. it's someone of like, we go and visit this place and go, what the fuck is going on? Like if you take something from this place, does it still retain the mm-hmm. shape of it, etc.? So yeah. yeah, there's something about that idea of like, is it 3D a lot of the time? And then you go into a, a similar plane and you become 2D, you know, all that sort of thing. I just thought I like playing with that aspect of this plane. It's very um the Legend of Zelda link between worlds. Uh, exactly. bit. and yes definitely a star trek bad guy from the original series where it's just a floating box and it says we are the vlightons <laughs> i think what i like i like that it gives rules for vertigo and fear they're like yes. specific what, because yeah you're not used to this i would say that i think unifon is my favorite transformer yeah, as we mentioned, they are literally, what, five, six locations we put pulled out. Mm. There's 20. There's a, a campaign, mini-campaign adventure called Keys of the Tyrant, which takes you through five of them. So it's a really oh, cool. good way of just... Yeah, it's a classic. The, the plot is incredibly basic. It is. There is this thing called the Tyrant's Key, and we need you to put all this stuff together. We need a key to get to yeah. it. Fetch quest. It's a very basic story. It's a very fetch quest. And the tyrants of war, it's called the tyrants of war. We need you to, some other people are trying to get to it. We need you to get to it first. The mantis might give you this quest. You go to five separate locations, including Timeborn, and find each bit of the key, put it together, and then you get to go to the tyrant of war itself, which it turns out is a giant world ending spaceship. Um, lost in the sort of in the planes, it is these. If you look, uh, Fiona, on page 106, it's these giant obelisks, very Blackstone Fortress of Warhammer 40,000. Oh, no. They're basically just uh, Independence Day down lasers onto a, onto a world. Yeah, that that's a terrifying image. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. And yeah, the idea is you hop from, from plane to plane to get this key together to get there in order to stop bad people activating this ship and using it to basically take over or you do it yourself, depending on your campaign play. <laughs> but yeah, so there's that. There's, and then there's, you mentioned earlier, just one paragraph descriptions of planes as well. Yeah. So if you uh, really were just like, I need somewhere else. In fact, they're, they're almost a page each. It's not even a paragraph, are they? Yeah, they've got enough They've got enough to talk about it. The one I was going to quickly point out is on page 134. Yeah, even I'm struggling oh, with the text there. I was the, literally... Yay! So, yeah! <laughs> We're yeah. showing our images together. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, the I, I don't know how, how do you pronounce that name? Edraval, I would say. Edraval, the eyes of the world, and you go, no, why would I yeah. go there? A long spiraling tunnel containing countless windows resembling eyes, each of which looks through the eyes of a creature somewhere in the multiverse. Yeah. So yeah, gross. Yeah. Related to yeah, uh, pandemonium and limbo. So again, some other D and D related plays. Obviously, I know they're everywhere else as well. But if you wanted to have a quick yeah. look at that, uh, we've done them on uh, Travel Book Club as well. But yeah, it definitely feels that sort of like this is grim. Uh, yeah. Why? Why would we go here? But you're like, well, we need to look through. Say uh, the big bad. We know they have a particular kind of creature that is their pet. We need to listen in on some of their meetings, <laughs> perhaps. And you feel like, oh god, it must be a better way than going to this horrible, horrible plane. <laughs> Oh, I mean, there's another one called the Worm Rat Lair. Mm. Um, but there's also Summerland, which is nice, uh, which is a plane of relaxation and rest threatened by its conjunction with Winter's Reach. 
Um, yeah. And this gives you a whole little storyline where you can have it the Winter's Reach have actually occupied Summerland, and you've got a whole war going on there. So that's a bit fun you can do. But no, my players are going to the Worm Rat Lair. I think a parasitic demiplane filled with hideous creatures that burrow into other realms. Man, you you are you are you are so you're so like so. Where we're we going on holiday? Let me tell you. <laughs> We go to the pig. We go to the pigskin farm. That's mm. literally one of the other ones. Oh no! Grim, grim, grim. Oh no! So yes, there's all that, and then even if you want even more than that, at the very back of the book, there is a table that you can roll on that does give you a one-line plane of description. Mm-hmm. It's more for when you're sort of like looking out from Timeborn or yes. the plane. You, know, you just want to. You quickly go. What? What can we see? So you throw a dice and you roll a thirty-three. And you can see a shining city of metallic spires and walls sitting on the edge of a vast sea of flames. Brilliant. That's a whole new plane or location for you. So yeah, there is so much in this book. And yeah, for 200 plus pages, you know, again, you don't have to read it from cover to cover, nope. but there's definitely yeah. enough here to be like, you've got, yeah, like you said, you've got over 40 locations, some more detailed than others. You've got uh, some new backgrounds, some new uh, lineages. And, and then these encounter tables at the back. I mean, we all love a good encounter table just to do love it through. And. Table. I definitely feel sort of more inspired to be like, okay, where next? If we mm-hmm. want to go, if, like you said, we we talked about it before about making it maybe uh, you finish your big campaign and then the sky rips open as the plane yes. breaker appears, and then that's the start of it. And yeah, you could do that that tyrant's key one. You could do you know make up your own sort of thing. But I think it just opens up so much more that you can you know get to that point. You go here. We're going to go to these other planes through this, and I just think it's such an easy way. Then rather than going, we're going on a spaceship. A spell yeah. jammer, off we go. Like, I just think it's just a interesting way because it, it just feels so I don't know, because it feels more environmental, maybe climate change, maybe that's just more of the zeitgeist, but this idea that the world is ending because these yeah. this, this thing is breaking through. Mm. And it's just it's and you said this ultimately there's a story about like why is it still going? Is yeah. it being followed by some you know, and so yeah, you could just it's just an interesting one, which you may never discover, or maybe that every time you go to a different place, suddenly a plane breaker also appears, and you're like What's going on? Yeah, here? why is it following me? What, what have I got that? It, what, what have I, why is it attracted to me? Maybe, or it could just be paranoia. Well, it's well, it feels very much like we talked. I think we talked about it very briefly when we did Modrons, um, mm. the Great Modron March, where you could easily yes. just go keep going, and then they just keep yeah. hearing you like, "What are they doing?" Yeah. You know, why, why? Yeah, absolutely. I need to correct myself from earlier in the show. At the glossary at the back, it tells you exactly what Shadowfell is. There's a big glossary which shows you all the different planes and gives you a one sort of line description of each one. So I know what the, I now know what the Fae Wild is. I know what all you nerds are talking Fae about. Fae Wild. There yeah. We I, weirdly, I'm also on that same page as well because I've got a very nice uh, like diagram about yeah Fae Wild, Shadowfell, like all, all the things, but where where the inspirations for all these different planes are. And so like you could be like, oh, so it's somewhere near Ysgard. Okay, so this is like an outer plane yeah. of fjords and battlefields. Cool, cool, cool. So it's like a nice one line description. So yeah. Always need a good glossary. I think my only criticism, and I said this about every single book I ever bloody read, is I need a pronunciation guide every single yes, time. Yes, which actually ones could normally do. This is mm. a bit of a, a misser on this one, because normally they do have that. Numenera is full of them because that doesn't have any real words in it. Uh, so I am actually <laughs> surprised that this one doesn't. Uh, they are normally very on that as a, as a company. Well, thank you so much, Rob, for coming back. No problem. Uh, 
I'm sure we'll have you back on for another thing. I uh, will send, maybe we'll, I don't know, I'll think of some sort of D D related ones rather than, rather than like, uh, not D related ones. <laughs> yeah, like, like, uh, horror on the Orient Express or the gold, oh, the gods, yeah. old gods of the Appalachia or anything like that. Yes, um, absolutely. Do you have any recommendations? Again, I know you're not on social media, but do you have, have anything? Damn, I always have these ready and then we start recording and they've gone. Uh, I recommend if you go on Daily Motion that the Traitors New Zealand is on and it's really good because I love the traitors. I do need to yeah. catch that up because I've watched the American one. Oh, that's uh, the worst one, unfortunately. Oh, no, no, I've, watched, I've, I've watched the UK one and then yeah. I've watched the US one. And the US right. one, I feel like I, either they all need to be celebrities or they all need to be normal yeah. people. You can't have a mixture of the two because it's a bit weird yeah. otherwise. It's, and it's so fake. The American one is so faked. That is a, a waste of Alan Cumming, unfortunately. That's fun. And you and New Zealand Taskmaster is also on oh, So much fun. Uh, I will say, I, I don't necessarily like the host the no he's rubbish host. no yeah. he, he he needs replacing however i would say that paul is a better alex than alex i think so too. Um, yeah and i think the tasks are way better than the uk oh, tasks i think i've seen better. the one where they have to hide a body like a, a fake oh body. my god amazing and absolutely it's just, amazing and it's just great because obviously then uh yeah paul has to go around so basically the, the taskmaster has to go around and then there's like you know eight days whatever whatever and there's one person yeah. they never finds it and it's just so brilliant good. absolutely brilliant yeah, yeah the task is, is a lot more imagination but yes new zealand taskmaster new zealand traitors i'll throw in wellington paranormal as well which is the uh oh, so i think I've, i think i've already recommended before but it's just great uh, more what we're doing in the shadows universe and the cop in that is in the latest series of Taskmaster. So oh, brilliant. Yeah. I'll check that out. Yeah, exactly. My favourite one, we watched the first episode of that age ago, is where the demons, obviously, possesses different people and then it possesses a dog and it goes, buckets of blood, bow, wow, wow, wow. Makes me laugh every single time. So yes, well, there are recommendations. Oh, brilliant. Well, some really all cracking uh, recommendations. Well, thank you so much, Rob. No and problem. there's nothing more else to say then. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time. Keep Bye. hydrated Keep in this hot hot summer <laughs> so, well, it's going to be out in autumn <laughs> <All right. laughs>